Hi, my name is Isabella Perry, and today I'm reading you Chapter 9, The Epidemiology of Human Disease, pages 387 to 390. I chose to read this section because I feel like it's kind of relevant today, or very relevant today with um, COVID-19, and I hope to become a nurse, and so I feel like this is in my interest. Okay. Epidemic disease, for most people, these words conjure up feelings of of discomfort and fear. But for a few, these words generate so much interest that they are driven to investigate how, when, where, and why diseases occur. These individuals are called epidemiologists, and their discipline is called epidemiology. The field of epidemiology arose from attempts to understand and control the great epidemics that were rampant in Western Europe until the 20th century. The discipline now includes the investigation of not only infectious and epidemic diseases, but all kinds of human diseases. The broadened scope has resulted in various approaches to studying and understanding human disease. What are the big questions? Epidemiology is, the new, is in the news every day. It is embedded in almost every faucet of human health exploration. As epidemiologists strive to explain, prevent, and control the conditions that impact our daily lives, to gain a better understanding of the nature of epidemiology research, here is a sample of questions that have recently been in the news and that epidemiologists are actively trying to answer. Why was the 2009 flu pandemic so mild, even though it was caused by a newly evolved strain of the virus? What can we do to control the HIV extensively and extensively drug-resistant tuberculosis epidemics in developing countries? A variety of approaches have been used to address each of these questions, but none of them have made definitive answers. We illustrate their complexity with a brief discussion of the first question. The threat of bioterrorism and the several acute or the severe acute respiratory syndrome epidemic of 2003 has helped to spark a renewed interest in potentially lethal person-to-person -person transmitted viruses. Topping this list is influenza. The 1918 to 1919 flu epidemic was one of the worst epidemic epidemics in human history, killing an estimated 50 million or more people in less than a year. Researchers believe that in 1918 to 1919, epidemic involved the circulation of a, of a major new strain of the flu virus caused by antigenic shift, which results in a major structural change in the virus. Additional new strains and subsequent major epidemics appeared in 1957 and 1968. All other flu outbreaks and epidemics from the beginning of the 20th century until the end of the first decade of the 20th century resulted from antigenic drift, which leads to more minor changes in the, the nature of, of the virus and less serious epidemics. In March 2009, Mexican health authorities isolated influenza viruses of an unknown subtype from humans and by April 2009, scientists determined that an antigenic shift had occurred, resulting in a completely new strain, H1N1, of swine flu virus, and of the same general type as the 1918 to 1919 strain. The high rates of global travel in the world today rapidly spread the virus throughout the world, leading to the long-awaited and much-feared next influenza pandemic. During the 2009 to 2010 influenza season, the influenza caused by the new strain of the virus was relatively mild. However, it was not clear at the present time whether this, that is a permanent feature of the virus 
or whether it will generate more serious illness in the coming years, as apparently happened with the 1918-1919 strain. Epidemiologists are devoting substantial attention to the problem of understanding why the 2009 pandemic was so mild, whether it will become more serious in the future, and if so, who is likely to be the most affected by it, and what might be the best strategies to use in controlling its spread. They are doing this by analyzing data from past flu epidemics and by monitoring where and when cases of the flu are appearing at present. Who is the most affected by those cases, and whether those cases are derived from seasonal viral strains that have been presented at low to moderate levels in previous years, or whether they are derived from the new H1N1 strain or some other new variant. Many other kinds of scientists are also involved in this endeavor. Virologists analyze present-day flu viruses to help determine what makes them more or less virulent so that better predictions can be made of the potential severity of new strains. They have also been involved in the analysis of flu viruses recovered from frozen burials during, dating to the 1918 to 1919 epidemic. To help determine how the viral strain differed from current strains and how the, those differences relate to differences in the severity of illnesses following infection, human and veterinarian epidemiologists have studied interactions between humans and domesticated birds or pigs in an attempt to understand how new influenza strains may have evolved and substantial effort is being directed as surveillance for birds and pigs that are infected with recently evolved avian or swine flu strains that could potentially infect humans at some time in the future. Mathematical epidemiologists use mathematical and computer simulations to try to understand how influenza viruses spread across space and what factors influence such spread. Anthropologists, with their emphasis on how culture shapes human behaviors, studies the kind of activities and the social networks that bring different people into contact with one another and that put them at their higher or lower risk for transmission. For example, anthropologists may study how the residents of a small village in Southeast Asia interact with their domesticated fowl and how that may affect their chances of contacting avian influenza. Do they allow potentially infected chickens into their house? Who is in the household is responsible for the care of those chickens? And are these active activities the normal domain of a particular sex or age group? What cultural practices are used to help care for an ill family member? Or what might be the economic impact on the family of policies imposed by health authorities that reduce transmission, such as killing a family's flock? In spite of a wealth of new information, including identification of the viral genome from the 1918 flu strain, in recognition of new avin, avin strain, flu strain, the 2009 H1N1 flu strain, we still do not fully understand exactly what it takes to turn a bird or a swine flu strain into a human flu strain. And so we are not able to predict when or even if present avian or swine flu strains will mutate to cause a major human pandemic. In addition, even if we are fig- even if we figure out exactly what made the 1918 strain so virulent, and even if the presently circulating 
avian flu or the new H1N1 strain do not evolve into forms similar in virulence to the 1918 strain, the social and economic conditions are today are very different from those present in 1918. And so we don't have very good predictions for what actually would happen, only what could happen. Nonetheless, each new study brings us more understanding of how flu epidemics spread among human groups, and this understanding can help to make our predictions better, even if they are not perfect. Thank you for listening to my reading. I think it's really important to understand this chapter because we are dealing with COVID right now, and a lot of what's happening with the pandemic is what we see in the section through the swine flu or the H1N1 um, flu and how quickly it can spread to other people. Thank you.